Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. I tell you what, last week we had a wonderful sermon entitled Advice for Living Part 1. This is Part 2. Are you ready for some godly advice that will change your life forever? That's what this sermon is all about. Everybody needs some advice. We need to know what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. Spiritually, physically, financially. And I'm telling you what, I believe this message will minister life to you. Call a friend, tell them to turn that television on. They're going to be blessed. Get a pencil and paper. Take some notes. I'm telling you, it will help you in your daily living for God. So let's go to part two of Advice for Living and get ready to learn some powerful, glorious things from the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. When you fight the good fight of faith, you're fighting against disease. When's the last time you saw me sick? Depressed. Discouraged. Disappointed. Despondent. I'm not better than you are. You know why I'm not that? Because I'm not fighting faith. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. So I live good without disease, without social evils, and without selfishness. And I ain't the ugliest man in the world. I still get hit on. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I just laugh. I see Satan thinks that you, you, you gonna make me fall over something that dumb and stupid. I think you think I'm gonna let my family go, my ministry go because of some sexual fling. That a young girl wanted to hug me. She, I said, listen, I'm an old man. I'm homeless. Hug me. <laughs> now, you know, she's only 14. I'm an old man to her. I thought, how dumb. And yet some people say, I just couldn't help myself. Yeah, you could. You lying to yourself. So I use every resource of power that God has given me, and that's the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus to overcome every tendency of evil. I've learned to embarrass sin in public places. Because if you don't embarrass sin, sin will embarrass you. Now, some of you heard this. I, I said this, one, I think, in the first uh, Believer's Convention I preached almost 30 years ago. I was on an airplane sitting there reading the USA Today. Y'all know what I'm about ready to say. On 10B. And this woman came in. I didn't see her. I had the newspaper in front of me. That's when you could go to, you know, you didn't have to go through security and all that kind of mess. You had your board back. Boom. You, did, you know, it was great. And there was th three men, uh, uh, three men sitting on this side, and I heard him going, whoa, man, whoa, look at this mama. Whoa, and I, I, I heard it, but I didn't pay, I heard it, I didn't hear it. I wasn't paying no attention, I'm just reading this thing. And all of a sudden, this woman, who was very well endowed, <laughs> you get the picture? <laughs> Comes up to me, and my, 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 my paper is like this, ladies and gentlemen. Boom, she hits me with her legs on my knees. And I did this, and she's right there. And she's well endowed, and I'm like this. Good Lord Jesus. <laughs> what am I going to do with this, with this fool here? And the men next to him go, ha! Oh. And she said, where you going? And I thought to myself, you dumb woman, you're on the same plane. I mean, you ought to know where I'm going. We're on the same plane. You crazy fool. People ignorant. Sin will make you stupid. I, and I was young then. 
I was uh, 29. I mean, I had my lean on. What's up, baby? <laughs> you know, you're 29. <laughs> 29 years old. Lord, boy, that was something. And I just looked at her and I thought, devil, that's all you got? Actually, I was like, yeah, devil, that's all you got? That's all you got? I said, ma'am, would you please back up a little bit? And I stood up. Now the plane's full. And the men look at him and go, oh. And I just smiled at her. I got a nice set of teeth. Jerry talks about my teeth all the time. He said, boy, that doesn't get your teeth. And I just looked at her and I backed up in Iona and I pointed at her. And I said, whore of Babylon. Whore of Babylon. She goes, and took off down the thing. The men said, where's Babylon? <laughs> Y'all know that story. That's a true story. I sat back down, Dennis, and read my paper. I embarrassed sin. Why are you saying that? If you don't fight this fight, you've done little towards helping a world that is greatly in need of help. Write that down. If you don't fight this fight, the good fight of faith, you have done little towards helping a world that is greatly in need of help. There should not be sexual scandals in the ministry. There should not be stealing of finances in the ministry. The world is desperate. And we the people that can help it but I can understand why they criticize. Because you see, people, ministers break trust and they should not do that in those kind of situations. See, let me say it again. First, you use every resource in your power to overcome every tendency of evil. Every tendency, everything you need. I mean, if you got to start speaking in tongues, speak in tongues. If your eyes are roving somewhere, speak. my God, close your eyes. <laughs> say it out loud. My Lord, you'll stop all this sexual harassment. People have been working for me I don't, for 40 years and we ain't never had sexual harassment. We don't allow that. Why? Because we tell people that happens. You, hey, we ain't gonna play a game with you, you gone. And then if you, if you made a sexual comment to a woman and she mad, we're gonna tell her husband. Then you really gone. <laughs> That'll shut people up, buddy. If you don't fight this fight, you have done little towards helping a world that's greatly in need of help. That's what Paul is telling Timothy. You fight this good fight of faith, boy. That's called fight. Come on, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm tired. Tired ain't got a thing to do with it. I've been traveling most of my adult life. In fact, some people say dumb things. Have you lived in New Orleans all your life? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I'm still, I'm still going. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is this is advice for living. The only way you get it is by hearing. Is that we got to fight this good fight of faith. I don't lay down, people. I don't back up on nothing. I don't mean that pridefully. I'm not trying to man up. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I create my world. I don't let the world be created around me. I create my world and then I walk in it. My daughter tells me that all the time, Daddy, everything you ever touch prospers. You know why? Because I know what's coming. Because I created that world. And then I stepped in it and started walking toward it. 
And I created it with the word of the living God. So when they told me when I first went to mission, now you, get, you get ready to suffer. And I did suffer for Jesus. But it wasn't Jesus' fault. They were stealing the money. It didn't make no difference to me. The devil thought if I didn't eat, I would quit preaching. So I had forced fast put upon me. We fasting this week. I ran out of gas many times going home. Now you can understand, I'm making money coming up. I'm a hand over fist. Gave it all away. Lock, stock, and barrel. Twice me and Kathy did that. Not bragging on that, because we thought you can't have money if you're a Christian, because nobody was preaching prosperity. Nobody could get saved if Billy Graham started preaching salvation. People couldn't get healed. Old Robert started preaching healing. People couldn't get blessed until Kenneth Copeland started preaching prosperity. You can't have faith for something that hadn't been preached to you. Because faith cometh. And it comes by hearing. So this advice for living, he said, Timothy, fight. Not the man. Not the person. The good fight of faith. Because the world needs you, Timothy. Now a lot of times you may not think the world needs you, but they do, especially if you're born again. You understand what I'm saying? He said, you fight the good fight of faith. Then in that next verse, he says, lay hold. Grab something. Remember, you got, two, you got two hands. Do something with it. Your eternal, lay hold, he says on that, your eternal life is far more important, write it down, than what you possess in this life. You know, I have a beautiful home. People talk about my home all the time, but it's not going to heaven. In fact, God's going to burn it down. Kathy, he's going to burn your house down. He's going to burn yours too. Everything we possess See this ring? He's going to melt it. He's going to destroy this place. Going to give us a new heaven and a new earth. Why? No stain of sin on it. So I don't care how nice you live, God's going to burn it down. Let me say it again. Your eternal life is far more important than what you possess in this life. Look what verse 12 says. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called. No, but there's something there. So you, it's way more important than what I possess in life. But yet, before I was saved, I thought possessions made me happy. Right? It didn't make me happy. I had what the world wants, fame, fortune, as a young man. Women by the thousands. I'm bragging on that because that's the rock world. That's the way it is. It really makes you something. Now, yeah, you ain't going to remember half of it because you're so drugged up, you don't know what's going on. But when I got born again, all these possessions, and I still have nice things, don't misunderstand me, but they're not as, they're nowhere near the importance of my eternal life. You see, let me say it again. Your eternal life is far more important than what you possess in this life. Write this down. You will never be satisfied by material things, no matter how numerous they are. Why? Because you have to lay hold every day on your eternal life constantly. What makes you so happy? Going to live forever. I've had doctors tell me, man, you know, you look good for a man your age. I said, well, I feel good. He said, man, it's amazing how much energy you have. I said, well, the Lord's been good. He said, who? I said, the Lord. The Lord's been good. I said, you don't know the Lord? Oh, I'm a Christian. I said, that don't mean nothing. Do you know the Lord? (laughs) Satan goes to Christian churches more than Christians do. He never misses Wednesday night, do you? <laughs> you can see what it hits. People go. 
He never missed church. Now, very disciplined. I said, you don't know the Lord? Uh, they get nervous, you see. He said, well, normally I don't talk about politics and religion. I said, neither do I. I'm talking about fellowship and relationship. I said, you're a doctor, right? He said, yes, I am. I said, so am I. He said, you are. I said, I'm a doctor of divinity. Doctors can talk to each other, can't they? Yeah. I said, sit down. Let me analyze you. Well, oh, I mean, I've had tears. I remember that time at home. <laughs> I went to a cardiologist when I was 36 years old because uh, I own a few things and the <laughs> insurance company said, we got to make sure this boy is healthy because if he dies, it's going to cost us an arm and a leg to replace him. So I went. I walked in there and that crazy doctor, he was a nice man, but he was just 72 and I thought that was real old then. <laughs> 72? Can he walk? <laughs> you know, I just, no, he can't. I'm 72. So I'm just standing there, and you know, they make you sit on them, on, on, on them, uh, them, them, them little, co uh, what they call it, like, like a little couch with some paper on it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so I looked at him, and he says, uh, you know, I, I got to do a bunch of tests on you for the insurance company. I said, that's fine. Go ahead. So they did all that stuff. Well, I got to talking to him. I said, you know, I said, uh, I said you know Jesus? He said, what? I said, he said, I said, you know Jesus? He said, I'm Catholic. I said, I didn't ask you where you went. Do you know Jesus? Well, I know about him. I, I, I know of him. I said, would you like to know him? Ooh, he starts sweating. <laughs> he forgot to give me a cardio, electrocardiogram. <clears throat> he said, oh, we finished with you. You can go. I made him nervous. I knew that. <laughs> but I knew I was coming back. Why? Because I'm going to see where my seed, if it's growing. I planted that, Keith. I'm going to come back to this thing. And I knew it. I didn't say nothing. I let him forget it. Sure enough, it was the next day, uh, they called my office and said, Reverend, you need to, doctor, Dr. Planners, you need to come back. We have to do that cardiogram. So I went back like that. <laughs> he said, lay down, and he pushed this thing on my foot. I said, Doc, my heart's here. <laughs> he put those little stickers. And, that's, and the nurses, man, I got hair on my chest. But you see, they're so used to plucking eyebrows and ripping hair off their bodies. They don't realize a man cannot handle that. A man ain't gonna rip his eyes. I ain't doing that. And she goes, I'm like, whoa, mama, whoa, control yourself. She said, oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I had three red splotches with no hair in them. That hurts. Men don't do that. I said, Doc, you don't look well. I'm at the doctor. He says, I, 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 don't, I, I don't feel good. I said, I want to pray for you. Really? I said, yes, sir. At the Homer Medical Surgical Clinic was where that was. I said, now sit down, doc. Sit on that paper. See how that feels? <laughs> it was a great day. I laid here. I said, Jesus. I said it loud. Jesus. <laughs> Man, the nurses come running. Hey man, they open up the door and the dog goes. They walk out. I prayed for him. I saw when the Holy Ghost hit him. He went, oh. I said, it's feeling good. He said, do it one more time. I said, well, I got it. I got it. Man, I got it. So then I put my hand on his knees. Because he's 72. I thought, my God, they must not work. How can he walk? He's 72. <laughs> I just praying for him. My Lord. He says, I feel wonderful. He said, you're the first person ever told me about Jesus in over 40 years of medical practice. 
I said, well, Doc, you have a great day. He says, I believe I will. Thank you, Reverend. I said, good. Just call me Jesse. He said, well, thank you. I left. He forgot something else. I had them all disturbed. I had to fill out something. I didn't. So they called me back. I thought, how many times am I going to this place? And so I walked in. The place is full, ladies and gentlemen. When I say full, people standing and oh, like this, you know, people all in the seats and stuff. And this man next to me, he says, you got a long wait, man. I said, not me. Not me. Oh, you know these people? I said, well, you know, I, I, was, I came here for physical and all that kind of stuff. No, I don't know them that well. I said, but hey, I don't wait long for nothing. He goes, And you know how they do those little windows at the reception, you know, in the doctor's office? Evidently, the doctor must have heard my voice. He said, is, there, is Reverend DePlante out there? Bring him in right now. Then they said, Reverend DePlante, would you come right now? And I looked at him and went. <laughs> I just walked in. It was great, Dennis. It was a blessing. Glory he said, I need to talk to you. Grab me by the arm. Pulls me. He said, you know what I did after you prayed for me? I said, what? He said, I went home and ate some red beans and rice and sausage. He said, it's always been my favorite meal, but I never could eat it because I had a bad stomach. He said, I ate a whole plate. He said, I ate a whole link, and that was last night, and I'm feeling great. I said, but they said that's not healthy. Yeah, I said that too, but I don't care. <laughs> he said, I didn't realize how good that was. Good Lord. I said, Dr. Lord healed you. He started teasing. I said, the Lord healed you. I said, you in, you in God's profession. I said, you a healer. You, yeah, I never thought of it like that. I said, you a healer. Now that you got Christ in you and you heal, think about when you, when, when, when you put your hands on people. I said, pray for them a little bit. He said, yeah. He said, you know, people listen to what I say. <laughs> ah. I said, boy, you in the right place at the right time, doc. All he was doing was grabbing that eternal life. Yes. And he changed his physical life. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? So you'll never be satisfied. And this man was wealthy. Never be satisfied with material things. Let me go to this next point. You must have a positive statement concerning what you believe to the end of your life. You can't flip-flop on what you believe. And a lot of people do that. They're looking for the next uh, powerful message to preach. What's the next doctrinal thing we're going to go with? No, no. You must have a positive statement. This is laying hold on eternal life. You must have a positive statement concerning what you believe to the end of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, what I believe today, I will continue to believe till the day Jesus comes or if he tarries up to my last breath. Let me ask you this. Are you laying hold of eternal life every day? God has made you a trustee of the faith. That's how you do that. And we have to pass it on. Every man's work must be a continuation. It's so wonderful. Remember this. If you're fully committed, and that's a powerful word, if you're fully committed to what you believe, your Christianity is a transmitted instinct. You transmit things to people that need help, and they need help in this life. That's called advice for living, and you'll be blessed by it. I want to answer a question from a viewer named Mary, and she's only 10 years old. She says this, I'm 10 years old, and I don't know how to pray and hear back from God. Can you please tell me how? I certainly can, Mary. God will hear everything and does hear everything you say. So as soon as you finish praying, instead of get up and walk away, just sit there for a minute and just let your mind rest. And, you know, and just, just, just say, Father, I thank you for hearing me and for blessing me. 
And all of a sudden, you're going to begin to sense something. That's the Holy Spirit coming closely. And if you stay there and just minister to him, Mary, words will come out of his mouth that you will hear. And you'll have a wonderful time with the Lord. That's called a conversation with God. Isn't that good, Mary? And thank you for writing me today. You know what, Mary? I used to be 10 myself. Hallelujah. <laughs> Long time ago. I thank you. For, oh, it's just such a blessing with people sending wonderful questions like that, especially from children. I, it just blessed me. You know, the greatest miracle in the world is a child because, see, that's your legacy. So, Mary, you're going to do good all your life. Now, the show's not over. Kathy's coming right now with some glorious moments. Now, what are glorious moments? Those are testimonies that you send into this ministry, and we love to hear you, let you hear what other people are saying because it will bless you. One day you're going to write in a testimony and we're going to call it a glorious moment spiritually, physically, financially, in every way, shape or form. So, Kathy, take it away right now. Bless the people and bless God and bless Jesse, too, because I enjoy hearing these moments. Go, Kathy. Welcome to Glorious Moments. I have three testimonies today. This first one says, thank you for being faithful to God's service. I love you guys and pray for you and your ministry. I receive your monthly magazine and it blesses me. Each time I sowed seeds into your ministry, I asked for prayer for my children to receive raises and promotions on their jobs. They have received raises, bonuses, promotions, health insurance, and more. We love you and thank you. You know, Jesse and I rejoice with you. And you know, this next testimony will bless you too. It says, thank you for your prayers and for the prayer warriors on the phone lines who prayed with me for my son to get into medical school. He is now in his second year in medical school. When people thought it was difficult to get in, God showed a way and gave him a seat to become a doctor. I sowed a seed and named it Seed for Medical School. God fulfilled it. Thank you, Jesse, for teaching me the importance of sowing seed. Glory to God. I love that. This last testimony is from our partner that's now debt-free and able to be a blessing. It says, I listened to your message in August and agreed with you in faith that our debt was smitten in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord because we were completely debt-free by November. This year is the first time we've been able to give and be a blessing to random people. I'm believing that we're going to be able to give and bless many others this coming year. The Lord has truly prospered us. I love that. You know, God revealed his blessing plan for the world in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. He said, I will bless thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Thank you, partners, for helping us bring the gospel to all families all over the earth. And together, we're reaching people. We're changing lives one soul at a time. So thank you and God bless you. And I pray that you're going to have a fabulous week reaching people, changing lives right in your neighborhood. Have a fabulous day. Do you realize that God wants you to thrive, prosper, and achieve everything He's called you to do? Well, in my book, Suited for Success, I'm going to show you how to be fully equipped with all the essentials that you need to live a victorious and prosperous life. Your victory has already been settled. You can and will accomplish every dream God put in your heart. Suited for Success. Order your copy at JDM.org today. You know, I'm so excited, so are many people, about our June product offer, Suited for Success. It's Kathy's book. Listen, God has already given you everything you need to be a success, going somewhere to succeed. This book right here 
will help you realize that and make it happen. How do I get it, Brother Jesse? Just, you get your copy at jdm.org. That is our website. Get it. I'll tell you, it will bless you. I mean, it's not that big. Look, it's, it's kind of thin. You can, you can read through it and walk through those pages. Before you know it, my God, you suit it up for success. Get it today. You'll be blessed. jdm.org. That's how you get it. Partners, thank you once again for your faithful financial support to this ministry. All these years, you know, people say, but Jesse never seems to get discouraged or despondent. You know why? It's because I know in whom I have believed and you know in whom you have believed. And together, with our faithful financial support, you giving to this ministry, me giving to this ministry, we reach people, we change lives one soul at a time. I love bringing joy. I tell you what, I've had people say, man, before you came here, I was so sad. I said, well, my partner sent me. Yeah, God gave me the message, but my partner sent me. And you do that. And there's nothing too small, nothing too big. You know, we got more projects. Man, every time I, I think, well, I'm going to sit down and kind of rest a little bit. And God, the Lord said, you don't have time for that, son. And even my own staff said, we can't stay up with you, boss. You have such an energy. Well, you know what, partners, you helped me to do that. We just preach this gospel wherever we can. And I thank you for supporting it. Nothing too small, nothing too big. Anointing of increase is on me and I want it to come upon you. And it is. And a hundredfold anointing is here and it'll come upon you. Father, bless my partners. Minister greatly to each and every one of them, Lord, today and everyone that's watching, Father. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I enjoy praying for you. And you'll never be a day without prayer. Partners, you, every morning I get up and pray for you. And it is such a blessing of God to do that because together we're reaching people, changing lives one soul at a time. Now, if that's not vision, I don't know what is. God said, go to the world, preach the gospel to every creature. We are doing that even as we speak because you, partners, send in your faithful financial support. Thank you once again. Don't miss next week, okay? God bless. Bye-bye. Every one of you have a vision. Everything you see was once a vision of someone or a dream. As our June partner offered today, we have a sermon entitled, You Do Not Have a Shelf Life. As a Christian, time doesn't matter. And as believers in Jesus Christ, you and I have no expiration date. We are timeless beings. Order it today at jdm.org. And guess what? You won't have a shelf life. You'll quit looking at the number because there are no numbers. Order it today, jdm.org. Did you know angels are real? And many of them are here today. God's word is full of supernatural experiences by people just like you and me. My new book, The Hidden Help, I share a few of those biblical stories and some of my own personal experiences with angelic beings. Remember, this world isn't all there is. You are unique in God's creation, and The Hidden Help is always here for you. Order your copy today at jdm.org. To understand what I'm going to say tonight, you have to have a high level of thought. To think like God, talk like God, smell like God, be like God. And don't be afraid of that word God. 
See, you're not God, but you're made in his image and his likeness. That's why Satan can recognize you.